Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, the Association of Common Sense Masculinity is proud to present the exciting, the thought-provoking Can-Am Soup, an entertaining, genuine, and often meandering conversation between two friends. And now, the stars of our show, Jeremy Gertz and Todd Fuss. Hey, Todd, how's it going, buddy? Good, Jeremy. How about you? Oh, doing pretty good. Pretty good. Yeah, we're, uh, we're, I think we're about done with the Mother's Day rush, so I'm feeling like I can relax a little bit. <sighs> you know what's kind of weird is that last year, the, this year, the Mother's Day, I think the dates are actually about two weeks apart or a week apart or something. And uh, we kept looking at the Etsy like stats, and it's like, wow, we haven't, we're, maybe there's not going to be a Mother's Day rush, but it was just delayed. By like a week or so, and then all of a sudden, boom, there it went. So, so we've been up to making signs, but that's about over. What have you been doing? Uh, we've been dog sitting. Um, I have been just painfully watching the uh, grass grow because I can't get out and cut it. No, why not? Too wet. Oh, really? You guys get a lot of rain? Just enough. Mm. just enough you can't get out there and mow it and then it rains just frequently enough it stays wet oh that's a pain you son of a you get a big fan a little drier that stinks hey well no i'm just gonna have to either put the one mower attachment i have on the tractor and mow with that because it doesn't mm. get clogged up as easily or just deal with my zero turn clogging up every four rows of grass. No, oh, yuck. Pain in the butt. Yep. Hmm. And, and even though some... I take the shoot off, it still clogs up. But, oh, really? Because yeah. of wet grass. Yeah. Yeah, and the other thing I did this rain. week, I just sent you a picture. Oh, I didn't get it yet. Well, maybe I did. Ooh, what is this? It's oh, you a got CRKT CEO. That's a cool little knife. It's a little flipper. Um, never even heard of this thing. Although CRKT is one of my favorite like store brand, you know, mm-hmm. mass produced brands. Mm-hmm. Along with zero tolerance, but uh, never heard of this one. And so when I found out what the price point is, I was like, hmm, let me go look. And I looked at some videos and some articles and stuff. And I'm like, well, you know, for the price, let me mm-hmm. just go ahead and see what I think of it. And uh, the one with the uh, all uh, silver blade. Mm-hmm. It's about $4 cheaper than the one I bought. But um, Do they have this in a mini version? Yes, they do. Because I have the, I bought the mini version of this for my youngest son for Christmas, and then he bought it for me for my birthday this year. Ooh. Yeah, they're cool little knives, eh? Yeah. They got the deep carry clip on them, which is really nice. Yes, they do. Yeah, yeah. And it doesn't look like a knife. Yeah. Cursory glance. It could yeah. be in your pocket. It could be a flashlight. Yeah, exactly. That's cool. 
Yeah, and their their prices like I I like CKRT CKRT CRK whatever it is, cricket. Um, their prices are good, you know. Like I bought a I've got a neck knife of theirs, a little necker that I really like, and then they're, you know, they're they're decent quality knives. They don't get into the crazy steels, but I mean, really, who cares? Kind of the fun of it is that. A knife is going to be a good knife, you know, and if you only had one of those knives, yeah, eventually you'd wear it down from sharpening and stuff. But man, they're, they're so affordable. You can have a bunch of different styles and try out different things with them. And yeah, they're fun. Man, I, I haven't bought a knife for years, like years and years and years. I should, I always used to be like looking at knives and I'm like, oh, which knife am I going to buy next? And I just don't do that anymore. I should get back into it. <laughs> that. Yeah, yeah, I, uh, I don't know. Um, these are, you know, they, they don't have the durability to like go, I don't know, probably open the hood of your car if it's broken. But that's not what a knife is for. Mm-hmm. Now, it can be used for that, maybe, but it's not what it's for. And I think that goes, you know, above and beyond the call of duty for something like this. Um, you know, if I can, this one right here, if I can take it with me, deep carry in jeans or a suit or wherever, and be able to open an envelope or um, ventilate a mugger, <laughs> Yeah, I'm cool with it. Mm-hmm. That's what it's for, <clears throat> you know. Yeah. I have some other knives that you know, I can pry the hood off my truck with if it gets broke. Yeah, you think my all-time favorite carry knife is the Benchmade Bug Out. Um, like Steph got me is for my birthday. She got me the original one, the blue one, the first version they came out with. And then this year for Christmas, we got, I bought my older boys each one. And then one of them's like got a black Cerakoted blade, black handle. And one of them's got gray handles with an orange Cerakoted blade. But that knife in your pocket is just amazing. Like it disappears in there. Uh, It's not intimidating in any way, shape or form. You know, like, uh, so we're at lodge meeting and one of our new candidates, he bought it, he had a new suit. And then, you know, the little chest pocket that you put stuff in, those are always, those are always sewn shut when you buy a new suit. Right. And, um, he's like, oh, and then we, we have our name tags. Like our lodge has every, every guy candidate when he goes through, he has a name tag already made up. So as soon as he's done, he can put it in and he went to put it in and, and, uh, it's one of those engraved name tags that fits in that pocket and he couldn't cause his pocket was sewn. So I just whipped out my bug out. I was like, here you go. I got this. And then he just, just slid it in there, slit the thread, done. And it's like, you wear it with a suit. You don't know. And you whip it out and lodge it. Everybody's like, hey, what's that? And they're looking. It's like, that's a cool knife. And it's like, feel how light it is. I don't know. I, I think that's a, and again, it's a pretty, pretty darn light duty. Like, I don't even know if I would use that for, I wouldn't even take that as like a camping knife or like a backpacking knife, unless the only thing I was doing was like cutting up sausage and cheese but i wouldn't want to carve sticks with it just because when i look at the design of it i mean that is a small little blade and there's not a lot of uh not a lot of reinforcements in the handle to blade connection you know but for opening packages works like a champ 
And then that one that I have is S30V, so it's a it's a it holds an edge really nicely. But yeah, my normal um, you know pocket knife I always carry with me is that zero tolerance, four fifty CF, DLC black DLC coated S35VN uh, blade, all black carbon fiber and titanium handles. But the and it's only two and a half less than two and a half ounces. Oh, that's pretty light. I mean, it's a sweet knife. It keeps an edge, um, particularly now they have a good sharpener. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's two hundred and eleven dollars. Yeah. And you know some of my uh, GRKTs are, uh, you know, fifty dollars. Mm-hmm. So. You know, ones for not careful use, but don't, you know, do un, uh, irre- irreparable damage to it. Um, mm. And these things, you know, if you have to break the blade off doing something in a pinch, you know, again, um, I know if you try hard enough, everything's a hammer. But, you know, you need a hammer, go get a hammer. Mm-hmm. But still, yeah, yeah. It's like this sure. uh, guy I watch on YouTube sometimes. Uh, he's a mechanic, and he's forever hammering something with the back of his uh, impact gun. Oh, no, no kidding! And and complains that sometimes his impact just doesn't work when he hits the button, and he's got to go, you know, shake it or slap it upside the head. And then it comes back to life. I'm like, really? That's funny. You use it as a hammer. Yeah. Just, ah. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's your tool. You can do whatever you want <clears throat> to with it. But don't complain that the tool manufacturer sucks because, you know, mm-hmm. you know, I can't beat a lug nut on with it. And then, you know, it doesn't work right. Yeah. That's funny. I mean, you're in your shop. You're two feet away from a hammer. Yeah. Um, nah, that's crazy. Man, now you got me wanting to buy knives, Todd. <laughs> you know, the last cool knives, I well, I, I, can, I can neither confirm nor deny owning this. Because uh, we'll, in Canada, you're not allowed to have automatic knives, right? Um, even knives that... So, well, this, this is the dumb thing. And, and I don't think... I did a video about this a couple years ago when they changed the laws and it was the, uh, what do you call the border guards? Uh, Customs Immigration. They said that you're no longer allowed to import knives that can be opened with one hand. And so like when I got my Benchmade bug out, all they do is they tighten up that pivot screw so that you need two hands and then you just crack it. You're allowed to manufacture you're allowed to sell knives that can open single-handedly, but not uh, not push of a button, not automatic. And even assisted knives are allowed because so, I've got like a Kerber, like a uh, Kershaw Clash and some of these ones where you, you flick it and it's got a spring assist. Yeah. Those you're allowed to make here. You're allowed to sell them here, but you're not allowed to import them to here. And so that's all the manufacturers were doing for a while, but they're not even doing that now because when we bought these new ones, these Benchmade bug outs for my boys... Like they're one hand flippers and they flip really quickly. 
and they were ready to go right out of the box. But I have the, there's a knife called the Gerber 06 automatic. And, um, even any retailers in the States, they only sell to law enforcement or military personnel. And it's an automatic knife, like a fully automatic. And, uh, I had a boss who's a crazy knife collector. And uh, I may or may not have got it off of him, but it's a cool knife, man. It's never been used. He, I don't know how he got He told me the story of how he got it, but I forget. It was, it was one of his friends was in the military and he was doing training with somebody in the U.S. Army or something. I forget. Somehow he ended up getting this knife and then, and then my boss ended up getting it and then somebody else ended up getting it. But it's a pretty cool knife. And uh, the spring on it, man, like if, if you give it to someone, say, hey, press this button, it, it'll come out of their hand like that knife rockets open. Just you got to hold on to it. If I if I ever knew of such a knife, you know, we can neither confirm nor deny these things because of Canadian laws. You know, that's how it works. Yeah, that law is just stupid. So like some of our import laws here. Oh, you can have them, but you can't import them. Yeah. What? <laughs> I know. Stupid. I know. It's it's crazy. And, and it's like, not the 1950s anymore. Just stop it. Mm -hmm. Like battle songs are illegal across Canada. Um, and you even like like I even made a dagger once early on the YouTube channel, double edged a knife, and I was looking up whether or not it's legal to have and and the only thing I couldn't confirm it 100% but the thing I ended up doing was I only sharpened one of the bevels so technically you could say well it's just like a, a swage or whatever they call that thing but yeah like uh, brass knuckles are illegal here if they're made of brass if they're made of like acrylic or something, they're they're legal. You can have them. I go to one of my favorite military surplus stores, Crown Surplus, it's called. And they've got all these different, well, essentially what are brass knuckles, but they're made of like these plastic things. I'm like, aren't these illegal? And they said, technically only if they're made of brass. <laughs> and I'm like, that's so stupid. And same thing with like, like punch rings, you know, those little punch rings people make. Yeah. So those those are fully legal, but I'm like that does the same thing as a pair of, as a set of brass knuckles, you know? It's just dumb. Oh well. And you know what's interesting though is that like I don't know if it's like this. I haven't I haven't traveled in the States for a couple of years now. But man, like so I live in Calgary, just outside of Calgary. It is so ethnically diverse. And when I say that, um, I'm pretty sure like, well, even in the, the entire city at large, I think Caucasians are probably a minority at this point. And like there's tons of, you know, people from India, Pakistan, uh, all over Africa. I mean, you, you'll literally go in the Northeast and like we went and right, got some plates for my son's motorcycle this week. And there's probably about 30 people in line. And us and one other people were the only white people. But the one thing I like about that is that, so here in Canada, it's illegal. Say, say I, I, I couldn't make food and then sell it on Facebook Marketplace. It's probably like that in the States too, right? Like you've got, well, you have to have a commercial kitchen. You have to have, you know, get inspected by the health department or whatever, food and drug, whatever. But I've noticed that 
people like from that have immigrated here from other countries, they don't give a, a crap about laws like that, right? And even if you like uh, sell animals and stuff or raise an animal and then butcher it and sell the meat, man, that stuff is going on like crazy. They're not hiding it. They don't care. And in a certain sense, I, I agree. Like, let the people be the people. You know, why, why does the government have to tell us how to do every single little tiny thing of our lives? And in all those countries, they'd get to just do whatever they want. And so they've come here, they've moved here. And it is a different, like, even from 10 years ago, I remember, um, oh, what was it? I remember seeing people like baking cookies to sell on Facebook Marketplace. And I don't even know if they called it Facebook Marketplace back then, but just getting shut down, right? And boo, boo. Now, man, that stuff goes on like crazy. And and then I kind of like it. Like, it, it is, it's kind of become a little bit more like the Wild West here. And I think previously it was like all the good Canadians, you know, multi-generation Canadians, the, the government says, here's a law. And they're like, oh, okay, well, I don't like this law, but of course I'll obey it because I'm a good boy. And it's, it's not that these people are like, trying to rebel but they're just like that's stupid that's not how we do it <laughs> so it's a, it's an interesting seeing this landscape shift here but yeah how how is it there is it like you guys have a lot is it like a lot of ethnic diversity or no um <clears throat> depends on where you're at in tennessee honestly it does if you're in one of the three uh, big cities, yes, absolutely, 100%. If you're out here where, like, I am, there's two um, two majority races that they're all here, but there's two majority, overwhelming majority, and that's Hispanic and Caucasian. But, mm. um, <clears throat> but it's really weird. Um all of a sudden now, the and I think that if it's a law on the books, either get rid of it or enforce it, mm-hmm. but don't Agreed. ignore it. Exactly. It's like um, giving mixed signals to your kids. You know, then they don't know what to think. Mm-hmm. Be consistent, people. Um, so if it's a stupid rule like you can't sell a chocolate chip cookie on Facebook Marketplace, get rid of it mm-hmm. or enforce it. One of the yeah. two. Yeah. But. Uh, <clears throat> you can oh god i just saw a uh, a news story this week in another state um that the state uh <clears throat> had made some rulings about you can't home cooks that want to make that their business um you would be like uh hello fresh but local and small okay. uh, business, right? Mm-hmm. So somebody could order food from you, and you make their meal and take it over to them, and you know exchange food for money. And whatever state this was in, oh no, that's illegal. You you know blah blah blah. And they the state was sued because it's stupid. And on the first go round, the state won, but it's it's still like in the appeal process. Mm. But around here, there's a lot of things that are technically and literally against the rules or the law that happen. Just everybody ignores it. 
Hmm. And it makes me cringe, you know. Yeah. Again, if it's stupid, just do away with it. Yeah. But, you know, you can't say, well, enforce whatever, you know. Yeah. Can you hear the, the fridge behind me? No. Oh, okay. You know, the last time I forgot to unplug it, um, when I listened back, I could hear it, but barely, but whatever. I just totally forgot today. It's because I'm out of practice because we didn't podcast yesterday, which for the listeners was my fault because we were uh, busy making signs. But I'm glad that's over. So, do you remember? Yeah. Yeah, I hate to say it because I love doing the show every week. I would do it more often, but uh, I needed a break. Yeah. Um, and not because it's a podcast. I needed a break from everything. Oh, yeah. Because I, I had stuff to do, right? Mm-hmm. But with my some health issues and the weather, it was just getting to me not being able to do those things. Mm-hmm. So, I just... You know, I don't have to do those things. Yeah. You know, I'm not going to be sent to my room without dinner. Yeah, yeah. But, uh, so I got a guy coming over tomorrow to give me a uh, quote to keep the majority of the grass cut. Oh, okay. And do some other clearing that I can't do because I don't have the equipment. But mm. And I don't, my crippled butt don't need to be out there um, cutting trees anymore. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I hear you. I've graduated financially to sitting on the porch with iced tea watching someone else work. Yeah, that's right. Uh, yeah. And I don't have, you know, whatever. I have some other things that have come into my existence here in the last six, eight months. Six, yeah, about six months. Uh, almost nine months at, that I'd like to focus more on. Mm-hmm. Yep. I need to get with uh, my trainer and get that uh, third doohickey done, and then I can get my card. Oh, yeah, your... Uh... Yeah, my proficiency card. Yeah. But uh, I have... Uh, I don't know. I really enjoy uh, the Masonic Lodge. I really do. Yeah, me too. Um, and... I, I just recently, uh, on a legal uh, YouTube channel, I was I normally watch because he's not always right as far as his opinion goes, but he's always entertaining. And uh, he, somebody, some of his listeners about once or twice a year, um, and watchers, by the way, uh, I guess if you just listen to the podcast, you'd never know this, but they say some of his the gestures he makes when he talks with his hands are satanic. Oh, really? <laughs> anyway. And then somebody also was talking about, well, you're a lawyer. It must be, you must be a Mason too. Cause you keep making these hand gestures and he, I am under no certain terms of blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, what's wrong with it? Mm-hmm. And if you're this, if you're having this kind of visceral reaction, you don't know. Mm-hmm. And I just heard this <clears throat> from somebody local recently as well. And I'm like, it is so funny to me that um, <clears throat> people think this, 
these awful things of uh, Freemasonry when it is literally nothing more than a charitable organization. Yeah, even to say, oh, it's a men's club is a little oversimplified. That's um, a fraternity, right? I mean, it's... Just a charitable organization where, you, one, you have to believe in a higher being, God, in order to join. Mm-hmm. So I don't think that it's a satanic ritual organization. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I know it's not, but it's every lesson that you learn or try to learn as a Mason is steeped in morality. Mm-hmm. Not, you know, how many babies you can slaughter. It's morality. <laughs> how much goat blood, bloody drink. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It was funny. We were at a, a one-hour wrap-up party last night, and there's like the awards stuff. And then one of our friends, um, we made this sign for them. And uh, it's got three arrows on it. They're actually really cool arrows. They're like, tr- like kind of like old looking arrows with their steel arrow points and stuff. But there's a, a Bible verse. I actually forget it right off the top of my head, but it's like, like children in the hand, or the, like arrows in the hands of a hunter is, is uh, you know, children born in your youth or something like that. And then on the arrow, they have their kid's name. And so this sign's like, maybe like, I don't know, three foot by four foot. It's a pretty big sign. So I brought it into the church after like everything was done cleaning up. And, uh, and then he came and was like, hey, what, what's on your ring there, buddy? And I had my ring on. And I, I know I normally don't wear my ring to church because, first of all, usually when I'm there, like when we attend on Saturday nights, I, I do. But on Sunday mornings, I'm the one up in front of like, you know, 40 kids with a microphone for both services. And I don't want to distract them, right? Like, it's not like I don't want anybody to know, but... I wouldn't want kids to go to church and be like, hey, what's this? And it's just, you know, there's just no need to wear it there. Um, but I had it on, and, and so I showed him, he goes, you're a Mason? I'm like, yeah. And he goes, oh, so he's like, so your dad wasn't, then you're into the business club? I was like, no, my dad's not a Mason. He goes, oh, so you just did it for the business? I was like, what do you mean? He goes, wasn't it like a businessman's club where you get to go and do business with each other? <laughs> and I'm like, no. <laughs> But it's so funny with the, the different, and that's probably one of the, the most it, more innocent uh, preconceived notions I've heard people have, you know. Like I think that I've told the story on here is when I was looking to buy a ring and I finally found a jeweler in, in one of the big malls here that had one. And the girl's like, why are you going to become a mason? My roommate used to be a mason and he wanted to get out and had to go into hiding. And I'm like, <laughs> you must have been a different fraternity because that's not masonry, sorry. I always tell people it's a, yeah, it's a fraternity where they teach lessons of morality and it makes good men better. And, and that's about it, you know? And, and even like they do acts of charity, but yeah, I remember when I was going for my very, very first interview, probably like 11, maybe 15 years ago. And I told them, I said, oh yeah, I used to be a member of a Lions club. And they said, well, just a minute, stop right there. He said, the Lions Club is a charitable organization. They exist to raise money. He said, well, Freemasons do charity. We exist to serve ourselves. Like, we exist to look after our own brotherhood. And and I was like, just, just so you know, like, and I was like, interesting. You know, and he said, it's and it's true, like, like we do, the, the, the Masons do give a lot of money to charity. Like, as a whole, like the Grand Lodge of Alberta, they've got 
they give away more scholarships in Alberta than anyone else, right? The, the Freemasons. Um, Shriners Hospitals. I mean, those guys are all Freemasons. Um, but the, the, the main thing, the, the way it's explained to me, is the, the main existence for Masonry is to look after the brothers in the lodge and to and, make good men better. And that's 100% what I mean when I say it's a charitable organization because that's actually in our Constitution, but it's charity to one another. Mm-hmm. Yes, 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 yes. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, like, man, I, I really enjoy Freemasonry. And it's, it's, I, w- I wish churches had something like this for men. And some do, but it, they're, you know, the, the, oh God, what are they called? Um, like a men's fellowship group or something mm-hmm, like that. Mm-hmm. But, but. All the things that you're not supposed to be allowed to do in Lodge is about 99.8% of what they do in those groups. Mm. Politics, mm-hmm. religion, conduct business, um, politics, you know, all that stuff. And I'm like, and that's one of the reasons I left one of those groups, um, like member of a church, Remember the the men's group within church, and you get together regularly. You have structured meetings, but it was all something it wasn't supposed to be. You know, mm-hmm. I went there to learn, you know, Bible study. You know, mm-hmm. um, how to how to apply the Bible uh, to modern life. Blah 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 blah. Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, you couldn't do that because of the um, other stuff that was going on. Now, fast forward to now. You go to lodge, and nope, not supposed to talk about any of that. And I know the one of the lodges I study at, not my home lodge, but one of the lodges I study at, the worshipful master in that lodge. If it's like before a meeting and you're just congregating in the dining hall or whatever, and somebody is just brings up something, even though how innocent it is. They just walk over there and clear his throat. <laughs> really? No kidding. I mean, because they have an extremely large uh, membership there. Oh, okay. And you just, the last thing you need is one seed of dissent. Yeah. It, apparently, they, they might have had problems you know, a couple decades ago. Oh, okay. I don't know, but that's the feeling I get. Yeah. And my home lodge has got some of that going on right now. And it's even worse because we have very few members. Mm. And I can't tell any more of that story um, of listeners we might have. Mm. And, uh, but it's horrible. And I, we, have, we have listeners? <laughs> well, we might. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, <laughs> you know, because huh. my lodge knows that we do this podcast. And I don't know if any of them listen. Yeah. 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 Um, I hear you. You know, I'm not part of any of that crap, but you know, uh, when you're just standing there waiting on the meeting or right after the meeting or whatever, and you hear it, you're just like, roll your eyes. Yeah. 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 See, our lodge isn't that big. And we like at our, the festive board, which, if anybody doesn't know, that's the meal before meeting or sometimes after there's, there's a lodge around here that'll have a meeting first. And then after they have their festive board, but, um, 
they talk they talk politics, but I think the one thing is like everybody around here is pretty conservative and with how liberal and crazy and ridiculous the government has become, you've got to be pretty far on the liberal side to be offended by conservative views. And and even within like, you know, super touchy stuff like COVID, um, you know, it's funny because because most of the guys in the lodge, I mean, they're they're older guys and you know, they they talk about anti-vaxxers and stuff like this. And then I'm sitting there and I'm kind of like, well, I didn't get my vaccine. Am I an anti-vaxxer? Well, in this instance, yeah. But I mean, every other vaccine that you get, I mean, I'm up to date on. Except for the flu. That's not a vaccine, that's a shot. But but it's like, you know what, I just... And I, it's funny because then they do uh, they help out at the blood clinic. Um, and basically, they just got to watch the people after they donate blood. Give them apple juice or whatever and just make sure they don't pass out for half an hour. Make sure they're fine before they leave. And yeah, I signed up to take some shifts and then I got the little paperwork. You have to fill out some stuff about you and send it to the hospital just so they know who you are. And then it's like, um, I have been, I have had my COVID, I'm up to date with my COVID vaccines. And I'm like, nope. And so it's like, oh, you're not allowed to help out here. I'm like, wow, okay. And so I told him, I said, well, I can't help out. Like, why not? I was like, oh, I, I'm not, I didn't get my COVID shot. And like, you didn't? I'm like, no, why not? I was like, well, I'm a young person. I'm pretty healthy. I'm not around people very much. And I figured, you know what? First, let's get the people who, you know, may have compromised their pre-existing conditions. Let's let them get it all done. Let's let all the senior citizens that are really concerned about it, let them get it done. And then by the time it came around to it was available for me, I thought, nah, I don't really care. Like, uh, I looked into it and this, this thing hasn't been around long enough for me to trust it and blah, 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 blah. And I just don't feel I need to. And if you want to get it, good. Like, like, like that's where I'm at. I'm not saying, oh, if you got it, you're whatever. Like, do whatever you want to do. I'll do whatever I want to do. As long as what you're doing, what you're doing, and I'm doing what I'm doing isn't going to hurt me or you, you know, then that, that's fine. It's not like I'm sitting here, you know, smoking 10 cigarettes a day right beside you and you're getting the secondhand smoke, okay? Like, you get your shot, good, do what you want. But um, even stuff like that, they're like, oh, okay. And then it's over. But, um, you know, we do, they do talk politics, but usually it's about gun, new gun laws that they come up with. And it's kind of like a mini uproar. It's like, they'll get louder. And it's like, I just bought this. You know, one guy, he just, he's getting into a competition, uh, clay shooting. And he's like, I just bought this, is a Benelli, like semi-automatic shotgun. And now it's illegal over my dead body. <laughs> it's just, it's just funny. But. That's the, you know, the one thing I noticed too, and like, so we, the last meeting we had, we did a, a first degree, we initiated a candidate and I got to do the secrets again. And, you know, he went through the whole thing and then we're driving back cause I drove with him and, uh, and we're also one of our, our senior members was with us too. And I said, you know what the crazy thing that I found about it is that when I went through my degree is that entire ceremony that happened that was all just for you. You know, like every person that did, did lectures or, you know, part of that ritual, they did that so you could join their club, you know? And he's like, wow, never thought about it like that. And I will say this, undoubtedly, I have never, ever experienced a group of 
men or people in general that are just genuinely caring and friendly. Like, like they say, once you become a Mason, you've got thousands of friends and you call them brothers. And it is absolutely true. And we had a piano tune this week by a gentleman named John Musselwhite. And he's famous around here. Like he does it for the Philharmonic. He does. And uh, he's, a, he's a Mason. And man, he, we chatted probably for over an hour. And now email back and forth. And it's like, I, I feel like he's like, ah, oh, this is one of my best friends, you know. And it's like that when you go into lodge, you, you, you meet somebody and you talk to them. It's like, wow, this person is, man, we just get along. I don't know. And, and like at our lodge, anytime someone comes, because we have our festive down in the basement, when someone comes in, they go around and shake every single person's hand and it's genuine. And it's like, oh, good to see you. You know what I mean? It's just the camaraderie and the, the friendship. It's, it's like nothing I've ever witnessed in my life. Have you found the same thing? Yes. Um, and I can, I, you know, put an exclamation behind something you just said by adding this in our lodge and a lot of the lodges I've visited, you get the minimal amount of people that go to your monthly meeting, Mm -hmm. just your business meeting as, as it were, but you get somebody who's going through one of the degrees and you get people coming out the woodwork to attend. Hmm. You know, it it's it means a lot to people. It really does. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's hard to explain without you know. Um, but that's about all I, you know, it. If yeah. I think six, seven people come to our monthly meeting, hmm. but we get 30 to come to an initiation. Hmm. I mean, that, t- that says a lot. And even if it's like on the same day of the month or same day of the week, you know, mm-hmm. but, and then you get, uh, you know, what I like being a traveling man, but, um, you get people to travel all over the state and into other states just to help participate mm-hmm. with other people's ceremonies. It's just awesome. Yeah. yeah. And some of these guys are good. Like some guys, there's some uh, parts of different rituals, like unreal. Like, so I get it like now where. July, August, we're doing a second, a couple guys for the second degree. It might be up to four, but they want me to do the second degree secrets. And I'm like, okay. And I look, so I did the first degree and I, the second time I did it, I had it perfect. I didn't didn't miss a word, didn't need a word. And just, you know, it was fully in my brain. And I look at the secrets for the second degree. I'm like, oh man, it's like five pages and, um, of our book, like our small book, but like I'm gonna have to do all that from memory, and there's and it's some weird names in there, and it's ah, I'm just like wow, this is this gonna be tough. But some of the guys that come and and there's lectures even more intense than that, and they do these things, and they do them theatrically, like you know, like a really expressive public speaker, and just amazing. I'm like this is this is incredible that people put this much effort into these lessons. You know, yeah, the guy that did um, two of my three charges 
the thing at the very end. Yep. Uh, he does it in such a commanding, I don't want to say theatrical, but that's what it is, a commanding theatrical presence. Um, and with meaning and feeling, uh, the right inflection on the right word, you know, his cadence is perfect. But when he's not doing that, he sounds like a hillbilly. <laughs> you know, but still. Um, and that's the part I would like to do. Mm-hmm. I would like to learn it as well as he does because um, when he's there, everybody wants him to do it. And I've sat with him during one, and he's just like, I'm tired of doing this. I've been doing mm. it for 45 years. Oh, wow. Like he's basically somebody else needs to pick up the ball and run with it. Yeah. I'm like, cool. You know, I'd love to. That's crazy. Now, I don't think I could ever do it as well as he is, you know, for the next 40 years, but still. Yeah. Um, but anyway, you know, I'll do any of it that they want me to. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. I no, just did questions for the first time. Oh, okay. I thought I was going to do the answers but or the responses, uh, but we had a visitor at our stated meeting this week, and he was the ambassador, the regional ambassador for the Scottish Rite. Oh, okay. And he has to, you know, you do a loop. You start with lodge number one and visit them all, then start all over again. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think we were 118 out of 123. But oh, wow. anyway. Yeah, he started last February of 22, and uh, he, uh, he he volunteered, and then uh, I was voluntold, and what, I know why somebody's voluntolding me all the time. I'm cool with it, uh, mm-hmm. and uh, it's my trainer, and he wants me to get as much practice as I can so I can be proficient, and mm-hmm. I, me too. Um, he only beat me saying I was going to do it by a second. Hmm. But uh, anyway, that guy got up there and he's, you know, been a Mason forever, knows the book backwards, forwards, front to back. And uh, he's like, I do the responses better. Okay. Which one do you want to do? I can do the questions. And then my uh, worshipful said, Oh yeah, this big um, side hasn't had his, You've been a master mason long, and and then they asked me, had I ever given the questions yet? I'm like, no. Mm-hmm. And the guy was like, and you're willing to get up here? Yeah, anytime, any place. You know. hmm. Yeah. Because this is the only place I've ever been outside of, like when I used to work on airplanes, where you can make a mistake in front of all your friends and not be made you know, to feel lesser. Mm-hmm. Are they going to make fun of you? Maybe. Yep. But it's all in good fun. Maybe they won't, you know. Um, but most of what I get is, man, you did really great. Mm-hmm. Oh, no, you know, I messed up, you know, half a dozen times. Well, you did better than I would have. You know? Yeah, yeah. Or, you know, whatever. And, uh, yeah. One of the guys that uh, has been standoffish because reasons I know what they are and it's not personal. The lady I help is his aunt and they do not get along. Mm. Yeah. So, oh, yeah, yeah. and now he's getting to understand that you know, I just know the lady. I help her with her camera and 
it's my wife that's friends with her. Mm, yeah. And, uh, and all whatever y'all got had nothing to do with me. Yeah, exactly. So I can be friends with you, and I can be friends with you. Mm-hmm. We just don't have to be friends in the same room. Yeah, that's right. I get it. Yeah. Anyway, he he was talking to me. He's like, "Yeah, I don't even have my certificate because he never did his uh, third lecture, and because mm-hmm. it's not mandatory." So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway. I got I have my certificate, so I gotta get it framed. Yeah, I gotta. Um, I would have already done mine, but. You know, it's the time of year when like Grand Lodge and District is all busy. So, and my trainer's involved with both of those things. So. Yeah, yeah. But I just, and, and I just got my actual number from the Grand Lodge. Okay. Membership number. Yeah. Because they just went through their whole turnover, annual turnover of officers. Yeah. So, it took a, long, a little while for the new secretary to catch up anyway yeah i don't care well with that number you can you know register with the grand lodge like website database whatever and then Mm -hmm. you have access to their training materials the electronic version of the constitution things like that yeah so i was just browsed through that skimmed it over and i'm like oh that's cool and it's so funny because it's, you know, the the whole preamble is what masonry isn't. Mm-hmm. Nothing to do with what it is. It's just if if these are the things you think masonry is and this is why you join, get out now. Yeah. It's hilarious. Uh, to yeah. me it is. Because you know, if you're just here for, you know, to help your business grow, there's the door. Uh, yeah. You know, if you're here for voters, there's the door. Uh, yeah. And we actually have something in the Great Lodge of Tennessee. I need to go see it. Uh, it's in the uh, main library. It was written by one of the presidents of the United States who was a Mason and was at one time the worshipful grandmaster of the Grand Lodge of the state of Tennessee. And he was talking about why originally he didn't want to be. Mm. because he didn't want like the way it would look. Oh, yeah. And uh, eventually he chose one over the other, and it's not what people would think. But, yeah. And I'm like, oh, cool. But he, taught, but he has some writings in there about why. Oh, okay. And he, he'd done some uh, written uh, not a book, but papers that someone else put in uh, as part of a book on masonry and giving somebody that high up perspective of, you know, the brotherhood. Mm-hmm. It's very, the, the pieces I've been able to look at have been very interesting. Hmm. But if you want to read the whole thing, you got to go there. Yeah. There's almost the whole library is digitized, but there are some historical books that they can't digitize for Mm. fear of ruining them. Yeah. Now this year, all of that's going to change because they just got a new, uh, like photographic book scanner, Hmm. the same kind that the, uh, library of Congress uses and the Smithsonian. Hmm. That's cool. Yeah. Non-destructive. Nothing touches the book. Yeah. Scan it. 
Yeah, I'd like to get... Well, I got um, a Webster's Dictionary. Oh, 18, 28 or something? I, I don't know. It is old. 18-something, this dictionary is from. And uh, just sitting in our shelf, and every now and then I'll open it up, and every time I do, little pieces of the cover fall off, and I'm like, oh, this thing's just falling apart. Poor old book. Bought it on eBay probably like, like 20 years ago for a pretty good deal. I think we paid like 30 bucks for it, and it's legit. Like, it is the real deal. It's probably not worth that much, though. But that's cool. Oh, yeah. I had a, the entire set of the OED, Oxford English Dictionary. Mm-hmm. And I just, I got rid of it when we moved here because no one else cares about the English language. And why should I? <laughs> yeah. It's funny. It's funny you look up words in that dictionary and then words today. And it's like, wow. You know, it's, I mean, so Noah Webster, the reason he thought it was important to have a dictionary is he said, you know what? God uses words to communicate to us. It's important that we understand the meaning of words. And so he felt it was his calling from God to write a dictionary. And obviously with that framework, it's very conservative, you know, uh, believes in God. And so you you look up some of the terms compared to (laughs) to what the new dictionary says. I'm like, wow, you know, our dictionary, what we define our language by has had a significant shift over the last 150, 200 years. I knew it. I knew it. This um, social media shorthand and texting abbreviations. It's all of the devil. <laughs> yeah, that's right. It's from the devil. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yep. The, the, when people make up words that never existed and shouldn't exist now, um, or redefine something for their these social narratives or social media, mm-hmm. basically, hack is one of those things. Yeah. Just because you use a hammer as a screwdriver doesn't mean you're hacking the screwdriver. Yeah, it's a life hack. <laughs> no, it isn't, people. It's just the wrong use of a tool. Now, it's- if, you know, Dr. Fuss, PhD, comes up with a way to stop the aging process at the age of 30, that's a life hack, literally. Exactly. Yeah. Nothing exactly. else is. Stop it. Yeah, I hear you. Um, well, I, I'm gonna have to get going here in just a minute, but you know what's funny is that last episode you were gonna have your thing, the thing that you've been meaning to bring up a couple times but have forgotten, and then I was gonna come up with a topic, and we're each gonna have a dedicated something to talk about, but yet uh, we managed not to need that. Talk about masonry instead. True. Did you uh, how did you end up remembering what it is you wanted to discuss? Uh, yes, and now I've forgotten again. Okay. <laughs> I remember on Tuesday, I said I'm not going to write it down because. But that's it's actually I, funnier this way. But. Uh, <laughs> well, it'll be the mystery topic that we still we are still waiting for. <laughs> yeah, you know what I'm hoping to do today, Todd. I'm hoping to go ride my bicycle. It's been a long time, and now it is nice enough outside. I'm just like, you know what? I need to get out for a bike ride. But I, I got. To, I need to figure out a way 
to get my back healthy once and for all, or as healthy as it can be. Because mm-hmm. I want another motorcycle. Do you? I am. I knew when I, I knew I would regret not um, moving my motorcycle endorsement on my license from Maryland to Tennessee. Mm-hmm. But I did it because I made a conscious decision there when the lady at the DMV asked me. Yeah. I'm going to say no because I don't want to hurt myself later. Mm. You know, and now I regret it. Hmm. And I knew I would. How hard is it to get it again? You just have to to take the stupid course and the test. Okay. Pass it the first time. Not having ridden a bike in at that time in over 25 years, Hmm. other than once or twice. Yeah. And now I, you know, I rode for uh, almost a decade constantly. And now it's only been six years, Hmm. five years. Yeah. Yeah, I know. It's a, we need to get a. It's so fun having bikes. And then we have got a plate for Isaiah's motorbike. And so his is registered, insured, and then he just needs a new rear tire. And the way it works in Alberta is because he, he doesn't have his motorcycle license yet, which is our class six. And But he's allowed to ride as long as he's got his class five, which is your regular driver's license, as long as you're in the presence or the company of someone with a class six. And I could literally be driving in a car behind him and he can legally drive that bike. It's considered like a motorcycle learner's license. And so I can be on my bike. He can be on his bike until he gets to practice. My wife has our classic, so she could be in their vehicle behind him, which to me doesn't make any sense. Like there's no influence that you can have on someone's actions that are going to keep them safe if they're doing something stupid from inside of a vehicle when they're on a motorcycle. Want to hear something funny? What's that? Class six is the name of our liquor stores on military bases. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> right on. I got my class six. but <laughs> Yeah, so he's, he needs to get a tire, and then we're just going to cruise around. Like, like our motorcycle test here, you have to show proficiency to start and stop on a hill, which makes sense. Um, how to come into an intersection where you're making a left-hand turn, you know, safely do that turn. It's There's a couple things you have to show, but... The advantage he has, and I tell people this all the time, is he rides dirt bikes, so he knows how to ride a motorcycle. And that's the biggest thing, I think. If you've never ridden a bike at all, and all of a sudden you've got a clutch and shift and you're nervous about traffic and stuff, but he should have no issues. But we're just going to yeah, practice some of the basics. perfect sense. Mm-hmm. In our test, what they do is the slow speed and, you know, don't hit a cone mm-hmm. um, in the corners, but you don't have to start and stop on a hill. You don't hmm. have to safely approach an intersection. I'm like, so everything you have to do in traffic isn't on the test. Yeah, yeah. Stupid. And and how many tra- times in traffic are you weaving pylons at a low Better speed? <laughs> That's right. You're getting a fine for entering a construction zone. Hey, look at the. I remember this. This is what they taught me to do. Wee. <laughs> the sheriff sees you. What are you doing? It's a construction pylons. Oh, I thought this is what I was supposed to do. And I yeah, just. Yeah, yeah. I just want to go hang out and watch these courses because I've watched two and went through two, right? Mm-hmm. I, I went through one with somebody else, already had my license, but they were so nervous. They wanted me to go with them, so I did. Anyway, and I really liked um, riding those Buells we used to have for uh, 
test bikes. A Buell Blast? Yes. Yeah, that's, that's what, what that... Harley uses for its uh, uh-huh, yeah. testing, I mean, its courses. But anyway, but every time you're in one of these classes, what you always get somebody that hits the throttle and locks it open and runs right into a cement barrier. Yeah, yeah. That's funny. Um, <clears throat> yeah, so that, that's what we bought Steph. Bought her brand new Buell Blast when we were getting our motorbikes, but. I've always wanted one. It is the among the funnest bikes to ride. Yeah, and oh. they're super easy. They're just the most well balanced bike in the world. Yeah, got that big old uh, huge rim brake, yeah. like disc brake mounted on the outside of the rim, so you get like a crazy diameter stopping force. Yeah, no, and they're fun. A little torquey, like just pop the front tire just like that, and oh yeah, they're cool. But anyways, I got to get cruising here. Cool, man. Eva's got her. Been awesome. Yeah, it has been a good one. But uh, thanks to everybody for listening. Thank you, Todd, again. It's always great chatting with you. And then uh, our Mother's Day rush is over. So I anticipate having a, not having to cancel another one for a while. So, But you have a good weekend there, man. Yeah, you too. It's good talking with you. We'll all see right. you all later. See you all later.